listeners. This episode actually started off as like a plan for something else and incidentally turned into a full-on rant about sleeping and science and not following advice from women who are selling programs from a place of wounded self and broken children and touting science that doesn't even exist we need to start realizing that the shit we're consuming is quite often not even true and very unrelated to science I see people all the time on Instagram and on TikTok and all those places stouting statements that have no scientific evidence or if they do the scientific evidence is 60 years old not current to our current society and not based on well and healthy babies and many of these women will say they created these programs from kids of like operating like this or that they have absolutely no experience in this space no qualifications no even understanding of how to interpret research let alone like saying that a baby waking every two hours is a SIDS preventative which is not actually true in any way a baby doesn't need to rouse themselves every two hours to prevent SIDS that's not there's actually no evidence of that at all you actually have more evidence of a dummy causing problem with with SIDS than waking every two hours and there's parts of this that we need to stop thinking that things are science when they are not so kids safe we think is based on science it is a like funding based program where people make donations those people could be anyone making donations for a company to run kids safe sells products that they don't necessarily endorse they just sell them many of their products are unsafe they're not researching those products before they sell them they're not doing scientific evidence on those things before they sell them they sell them to make money and you are the one paying the money thinking that something is safe you know we've all broken safety rules like if you've ever used a dummy every single dummy says on the back of it never leave unattended i have seen kids bite the teat off and like get up from a sleep with a, just a naked teat in their mouth <laughs> i've seen the same with a bottle tip left in a baby's cot science tells you not to use these things or not to use them unattended you're never supposed to like bassinets in australia do not meet australian standards so there is no bassinet that is a safe sleeping space because all of the sides are enclosed it is the law so legislation for all cots to have open sites so bassinets can still be sold but they do not meet safe sleeping requirements science wounded women it's like a mixed up soup and i guess all i'm going to challenge you to do in this episode is to really explore what you're exposing yourself to and is that actually true to you and your baby or are you consuming this information and applying it there are mums who i know are consuming information and wait like they're 
initially they're waking their babies every two to three hours and then you find later on like six months later their baby starts doing the same thing we conditioned that into them by following scientific advice that has no science there is no science that your baby has to be fed every three hours there is no science (laughs) the formula tin there is no science on the formula tin That is a recommendation that most babies should exceed. Most babies should be drinking like double what it's recommended on there and in different doses and in different times and in different bottles and different ways. But we think that what we're consuming because it comes from a large company that is scientific and that it is safe. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to really like break this down for yourself And it's making you feel safe. But is it really? Because if we start taking care of our kids or our babies from the perspective that they are dying or that they're going to die, we are not actually pro-life. And pro-life comes from a loving, gentle, nurturing space. And wounded women who create sleep programs don't create things around those. And I'm not opposed to a baby crying at times because that is a form of communication. But what does that communication mean to you and your baby? Not just what does someone else say? What does that mean between the two of you? Because you can feel it in your bones and your heart. But if you're following a wounded woman's process for teaching her baby how to sleep you're going to miss the point, right? And I I have learned from many of these people and my focus is the mother getting rest first so she can actually make good choices and then from that place creating a plan that meets the baby and the child and the older kids' needs. Are they warm enough? Are they eating enough? Are they feeling loved and secure? Often when big change comes, sleeping changes and everything goes crazy. But after a few months, we forget why it happened in the first place. So if your baby was sleeping well before and then you started daycare or then you started school and everything shifted and changed, then you're going to look at stress, right? Because stress, the best thing that I ever say to mums that really seems to inspire something in them and help them see where the big shift can come is like, how well do you sleep when you've had a blow-up fight with your husband before you went to bed? Not very well. So let's stop coming from... And the same applies to your kids. If they've heard that energy in the day, it doesn't give good sleeping. Like, you have to feel safe and loved to sleep well. It's... And, you know, when you wake your baby every two or three hours when they come home from hospital because... That one nurse said that you would kill your baby if you didn't wake them every two hours. You're creating a sense of unsafeness for that baby and for yourself because you start operating from a place of total exhaustion, total fatigue, total brokenness. And that takes a very, very long time to move through. So this might challenge your thoughts a little bit, but give it a go. And if it doesn't feel great, hit pause and leave it for today. But it feels good. 
keep listening and see what I have to say. I hope that you learn something different and new and I do swear and rant a lot. So if you have kids around, best to pop some earphones in. Can I just remind you that as women, we are exposed to all these different types of parenting and you get to decide which type of life calls for you and choose things that support and nourish you for where you are. Someone saying like it's normal for a baby to wake up every two hours wouldn't be helpful material for a mum who needs to work full time from when her baby's six weeks old. She will not be able to manage those things. Yeah, I'm sure there's a small amount of women that can, but pick things that feel intuitively right for you that support you where you are right now. Build the life that works for you now, right now. Do the things that support you. And so if you need a baby that sleeps more, then that's available to you. If you need to have like, and it's not related to attachment, if you feel safe with a baby who wakes often, then you are the creator of that. That feels attached to you. Many women are working through their own attachment issues with their own mothers, thinking that if they mother in this way, this will heal that. It definitely won't. It creates exhausted, tired, challenged mothers, and you see them everywhere. So I challenge you to make choices that support you always, always supporting and loving and nurturing yourself through your parenting. Hello, my beautiful, sweet mamas. I hope that you are having a beautiful day. And I want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to my thoughts and different perspectives on various parts of motherhood. If you feel inspired by this podcast, I would love if you could share it on your stories on Instagram or even just leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. You just click the stars. Um, It would just be so helpful for this to be able to reach more people and get out there in the world because we are still a baby podcast. Baby, baby, baby. Even though I'm pretty sure it's this episode... 19, I'm getting close to 20, and I just really enjoy recording them. I have a cool little process that I go through to do them, and I just love it. Anyway, getting started on sickness. Sucky, sucky, sucky sickness. (laughs) Oh my god, there's a rainbow. Oh my god, and I can't stop to take a photo (laughs) because I am recording. That's a good sign. Now, as I said in the intro, some of this information could feel a little bit not perfect for you and your situation or might be hard to fully understand because, let's face it, my thoughts and views are a little bit different to the mainstream. (laughs) But I'm confident in what I talk about because... I have watched and loved and supported and encouraged mamas through these types of things for the last two decades. I've also taught about them in teaching settings for a whole decade. And whilst that makes me sound old and fuddy-duddy, the stuff that we base research or science on is not the whole truth. Because 
what your body and what your mind are capable of extend beyond science beliefs, right? And most most scientific information, as you start to look closely at it, is really specifically, I mean, whoever that person is conducting the research has some level of bias to have decided to research it in the first place. And if we look at sample sizes and we look at when things are done, the types of people used, I'm going to be really honest that most of it doesn't apply to you and I. And there's many people out there starting things that are law or logic or definition or truth when it really fucking isn't. I've sat in the office with my colleagues debating so many things before that they are touting that there are laws behind. And then when we go to look for the the law, it really is just like a social policy. And that is not the law. That is not truth. That is not science. Um, It's like I keep seeing at the moment, and it's obviously because I've talked about it and it's kind of triggering me a little bit because it makes me so upset um, that there's so many Instagram accounts touting sleep issues and that it's normal for babies to wake up every two hours to stop SIDS from happening. There is no research on that, no research on that. There is no science on that. There is no science on babies needing to wake every two to three hours the only studies on babies waking have been from like orphanages or unwell children or we are not studying healthy, well, like competent babies in that space and it hasn't been studied because there's no fucking money to make off that. We only do research and studies on things that pharmaceuticals or scientists can make money off and that is the unfortunate They have to get funding and that funding is going to be like, can we sell a medication related to this? Can we make more money than it's costing us to research this? And our government isn't out there just like funding specialised science for the fun of it unless they know they're going to make money off it. Everything to do with science is one of, you know, pharmaceuticals is like a trillion dollar industry. And our babies and our children and us are all part of that. So I just want to say, like, when you're consuming that information on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook and in those groups and there's, like, sleep coaches who have never even worked with children and things like that, just please, please, for the love of God. And if someone becomes a sleep coach because their child was messed up and they had to fix them like run for the fucking hills I don't know how I got started talking about sleeping I feel like this is a podcast all on its own and it's really fucking ranty but I don't want to be part of call out coach (laughs) but just don't fucking consume that shit if you like consume like my kid should wake every two hours then you're just like creating your kid waking two hours and that is a lie from the fucking devil like that is not true babies are born so capable you know, so many babies are born and then sleep for like five or six hours and then the midwife comes in and they're like, oh my God, you're going to kill them. Bullshit. Bullshit. They know what they're doing. They're not stupid. Babies come out knowing how to sleep, but we just like fuck them over. Fuck them over, over and over again with all our fucking products that we tie to their feet 
and like the shit that we project onto our babies about safety or sucking or all of these things and just that they're not capable beings fuck that this is going to be a real fucky episode isn't it sorry I feel a bit ranty about this particular thing maybe I should just go on about this rather than the illness part I don't know I just feel like sleep shit has been like brutalized by people trying to make money off you so they tell you that your kid should wake every two to three hours and then you need their fucking help and you go and pay them and they help you not to get your kid to sleep to wake up every two to three hours or they tell you to do all this dumb shit that doesn't even meet your child's fucking needs blah (laughs) it makes me gross sleeping is really normal we are born knowing how to sleep We are born knowing how to eat. Yes, there's a small percentage of kids that maybe don't fit the norms of that. Yes, there's a small percentage of mums who might have issues with breastfeeding and things like that that don't fit the norms with that. Most of us fit the norms. Most of us are born normal. And then we add all these layers of things like... The amount of people that I have worked with in my lifetime who use dummies and have trouble breastfeeding, you cannot have a baby suck on something for 20 hours a day and then want to suck on your boob. (laughs) They just don't correlate well together. And I can remember with my second girl, I was like fighting. (laughs) She was in the highest level ICU. Fuck knows why. She was fucking healthy. Still makes me angry but it was a perfect learning experience. Like I've had a baby in the highest level NICU, blah, 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 boring. She was so healthy, like, ugh, so angry. Anyway, they just, all they wanted to do because they wouldn't let me stay in there because I had had a C-section and was in a wheelchair and was a pain in the ass, was shove a fucking piece of plastic in her mouth to shove her up and I would not let them. God damn, it made them angry. They were like, she's so small, she needs to suck, she's so small, she needs to suck. No, she needs to suck my boob, babe. (laughs) Not your piece of plastic. No, no, no. And they were like calling me to the room and I'd gotten to the point where I was saying to my husband, like, I feel like I can't even go see my own baby because I get like hammered about, you know, they wanted to staff wash her. Like, how can you fucking wash staff off a newborn baby? She's like four hours old. You can't like that. That's like all healthy, normal, natural. I'm one of those lunatics that doesn't bath their baby for like until we're home. I would never bath them in the hospital. they yuck, like someone else's shit. And yeah, no, not for me. Anyway, um. And they were like, she's not going to breastfeed properly, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so after they had kicked me out in hysterics from the ICU saying I was upsetting all the babies because I was crying (laughs) because I was like, so this is what they kept, and this is how fucked up our world is. So what they would do is like her stats, every time I touched her, she was like in an incubator, every time I touched her, her stats would go like through the roof. Her heartbeat would increase, her blood pressure would raise, blah, 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 blah. And the nurse kept saying that was my fault. And I was like, no shit, Sherlock. I know you think you're keeping her alive, 
but her stats are going through the roof every time she gets near her mum because she needs to be with her fucking mum. <laughs> and these people have become so conditioned to operating in such a clinical world. You know, all of the other babies in that level of special care are like 24 to 28 weekers. They're like coding and miniature. My baby was like 2.9 kilos and she looks like a fucking hippo compared to everybody else in there. Like everybody was like, what's with that baby? She looks fine. So they downgraded her to level two quite quickly because they were sick of me. <laughs> and I was like, give me my baby. Give me my baby. Give me my baby. I do not consent. I was not an easy patient because I have views. <laughs> and this is like fiery as fuck. And it shows you the gap between fucking science I did this the last podcast I recorded where I went off on a rant about something else. This is not going to be about illness anymore. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> and so they downgraded us, honest to God. So I breastfed her like pretty much. They were like, she's gone to level two. I like raced myself in a wheelchair down there myself. Probably not allowed. Blah, blah, blah. Boring. My husband had gone home to be with the other kids. And she like the nurse handed her to me and she's like you know she's really small she's really stressed she should have had a dummy she's probably not gonna feed well for ages blah 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 man that bitch like got on and was like drinking I swear to god the nurse looked like she was gonna pass out on the wall on the floor like I can still see her face she was like what the fuck I was like babe I only just finished breastfeeding my other kid like four months ago I'm like two years down on this shit. I haven't stopped on a fucking milk machine. I had like express colostrum because everyone's like, blah, prepare the colostrum. I never did that again because all of that shit went in the bin because she just breastfed like an absolute fucking animal. (laughs) Still was small, stayed the small, dropped down to third percentile for the rest of her first year of life. And as I've talked about before, that did not scare me. That did not worry me. What did I do? I stopped weighing her. <laughs> Left her be. If I had got lots of help with that, they would have like encouraged me, pushed me, forced me, threatened me to give her formula and bottles and things like that. And I knew I just wasn't going to go down that track. She was healthy. She was developing well above normal standards. And she was weighing and pooing all the time and gaining weight if it was slow. The child was standing on her own by seven months, pushing things around at five months and walking by nine months, dancing at nine months, could do the full splits before she was two, could flip into a pool by the time she was two. If you know which child this is, you will know her from the gram. She (laughs) is her own force to be reckoned with physically. So, ranty. I started off talking about illness and then go down a spite of like science and how it's kind of fucked us all over. Now, the problem with that science kind of philosophy in this retrospect was that it was, it was not filling, it wasn't going to fill a need, right? Because let me tell you how science doesn't really make sense. If you have ever given birth to a baby in a hospital, let's just start with number one thing. 
if you've done home birth, then go you, mama, and your baby's birth weight will be right. But if you've given birth in a hospital and had any form of IV before you give birth, you're going to have fluids, antibiotics, fucking whatever, pain meds, whatever they're going to pump your body up with that fills it up with fluid, C-section, don't even get me started. Your baby's birth weight is not the weight they were, okay? Because you are pumped with fluids and your baby is pumped with fluids. They have to spend the next five days like pissing or getting that shit out of them. So when they, usually you'll find with C-section babies, they have big drops in their day three weight. Like, and everyone's like, oh, they've lost too much weight. No, their fucking birth weight was wrong. (laughs) That's where we start. Like we started well before then with like issues with science and magical motherhood interlinked. But there's so many gaps here that just don't even make any sense. And they send you down a chain of events. So what can happen from there, and I've seen it happen to like literally hundreds of women, they have a higher birth weight baby due to the interventions of the birth. Day three, their baby's dropped off too much weight because they've pissed out all that extra fluid that they pumped the mother with. And then from there, we start a cascade of intervention to try and increase that baby's weight. And we will do all these things like dummies, formula, Uh, pumping all the time, feeding every three hours, blah, blah, blah. And actually all that does is increase the stress between mother and child and cause more weight issues. So with this particular baby of mine, my second child, my first daughter, Eva, it was like, they were like, she's so small, she's so small, she's so small. They're like, you must wake her up every three hours. You must wake her up every three hours. So I had two kids, like, under 19 months. My boy was sleeping all night, but, you know, I'd had a C-section. I was in a lot of pain from that C-section. I don't know why. For that one, I just had so many blood clots. Like, oh, so juicy. Too much probably for the average brain to listen to. Anyway, all part of this lovely journey of childbirth. And they were like, wake her up, wake her up, wake her up. So like a week, I think it was about 10 days in, I was like looking at my husband and I was like, I can't keep going. I'm actually going to die. This feels unnatural and not right. And I was waking her up every three hours and she literally wouldn't wake. Small babies need so much more sleep than bigger babies especially in that newborn phase. I don't think the weight applies too much as they get older. I don't think like bigger babies need less sleepers or such. But when you're talking about newborn babies, like in that first six weeks, smaller babies definitely need more sleep, like 100%. If you've got a preemie baby, like I've worked with heaps of mums with like even like fucking 25 weekers I've worked with who were born from help syndrome and things like that. It's like they do need more sleep to a certain extent and then it stops so you have to be willing to see that but um then I chatted to a friend who was like fuck that you look like you're going to die I look I really did probably need some kind of blood transfusion by then and my baby just literally wouldn't wake up and so she was like give it five nights because you're not going to do anything like crazy to her in five nights she's like just stop waking her and see what happens and the first night I left her, I think she went like six or seven hours. And 
I was fine with that. Like, I wasn't worried at all. But I knew if I said something to someone, they'd be like, oh, my God, you're going to kill her. But she woke up screaming her fucking lungs out, which I actually hadn't really heard her do a lot because I'd been, like, shoving my tit in her mouth since when she didn't even need it. So she was like, blah, 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 blah. But she woke up starving, had the best feed, and I was like, oh, my God, here's the answers. Follow this lead. And we went on from there. I mean, she was sleeping through the night from, like, I think she was like 10 weeks and two days, fully breastfed, four ginormous feeds a day, no dream feed, sleeping 12 hours. By then, she'd definitely gained some more weight. She was still on the smaller side. She really didn't get much bigger until, I mean, I still wouldn't say she's a huge kid. Um, But that served her purpose. She's like athletic as fuck and her body and mind knew what size they were supposed to be and they just flourished beautifully as they should be when I stopped trying to fuck with it all I think I've said fuck like 50 times in this episode so definitely hope you didn't listen to this with your kids anyway I'm gonna stop now because I've kind of talked to you a lot about the gap between science (laughs) the gap between science and your capacity And it makes so much sense when you just follow your own lead. Like when you, it's not normal, like a normal baby doesn't just like get born and die. Like it's just, it's just this narrative that's stuck in us from being in these hospitals and one midwife sees one thing that she doesn't, like it's stressful, which she's probably not supposed to experience all the time anyway. And that gets projected onto you. You know, the midwifery care and doctor care is all about projections of what they have previously experienced. It's not even always about science. Actually, very little of it is science. I can 100% guarantee you of having a husband who's worked in the hospital system for like 15 years, very little of what they do is related to science or statistics. It is to do with projection of experience from that person who is treating you. And do you want to live a life of someone's fucking projections or for standing up what feels right for you, what feels right for your baby and what makes you feel like the fucking badass mama that you are. You have the answers. You know how to fix anything and everything so easily, so easily. As long as you don't listen to other people's projections. (laughs) That is enough of my rant for today. And if that triggered you anyway, I'm really sorry. And I love you. (laughs) 